Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, good morning, Compass. Welcome to the final week of the Love Won't Let Me Down message series. I've loved this one. I think it's been great. But if you've been with Compass for any amount of time, um, you probably have recognized that we have done this message series completely backwards. Okay, so let me explain. Typically, when we do a message series, we'll start with the big idea, right? This is the big general idea, what we're talking about. And then over several weeks, we'll kind of break it down. Like, here's a little bit more on it. We'll carve it down. And then usually by the end, we're hitting you with like just a specific practical takeaway, like do this specific thing. So big idea, and then a couple weeks down into like the go do this, literally leave the, the church today, get in your car, and do this thing. Well, we have screwed this up completely, and I apologize for that. A couple weeks ago, Terry started this message series, and she started off with the thing that we should all do. And week one, we talked about how we as a church, all of us, we need to be involved somehow in foster care. And so we talked about how there's four ways that we can do that as a church. And one of those ways, and I'll start with, the, I'll go backwards again. I'll start with the scariest. The scariest is you foster a kid. I mean, you just bring a kid into your home. Uh, maybe you can't do that, but you could do respite care. You could take a kid on the weekends if, if they just need a place. Or maybe DCFS has a kid they need in a permanent placement, but they just need a temporary place to put them. And you could be that person who does that. Maybe that's too big for you. And you could do mentoring, which is like big brothers, big sisters. You don't have to have a kid spend the night in your house. Mentoring requires no licensing. Uh, and, and mentoring is basically like you pick a kid up, you take him to play miniature golf or go bowling, you give him ice cream and McDonald's, and you are just the person who's fun, and then you send them back to their parents to do the hard work, okay? That's like, you could do that. Maybe you can't do any of those things, but what you can do is you can give and you can serve uh, in, in other, other different ways to support the foster care community. The foster tree we have in the lobby is a great way that you can be a part of being involved and engaged in foster care, particularly here in our community. You can just grab a tag and you can buy a gift to make a difference in some of these kids' lives. And so, so week one, we had things totally backwards. I'm sorry. It was just like we threw an ice bath on everyone and you're probably like, oh, what's happening? And so then last week, you know, the second week, I kind of took a step back and we talked a little bit about how loving action is the thing that makes us strong. So Terry talked about the love in action that we need to do, and that's being involved in foster care. And then we kind of said, this is, this is why it makes a difference in our lives. And, and that when we love like God, the lo- love the way he has loved us, and the way he's called us to love other people, it literally strengthens us. We talked about how, like, that is the thing that makes us spiritually mature. If you're a place in your life, and you are feeling, maybe you feel like you're not, you're not strong enough in your faith, Maybe you've kind of hit up some brick walls and you just feel like, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I don't feel like I'm a good enough Christian and you're feeling discouraged. Love in action is the thing that will push you over the finish line and drive you towards spiritual maturity. If you feel like you've been bullied by life, life's pushing you around and you're, you know, you're the 90 pound weakling and life is just kicking sand in your face, love in action will make you strong. And God intended it for that. He created it so that we could be made strong when we love in action. And so this week, I want to take just another step back and maybe do what we should have done week one, and that's talk about the big idea of this message series, like the key thing that we've been talking about. It's called Love Won't Let Me Down, and I think probably what I want everybody to understand is why won't love let me down? What is it about when we love in action the way God loved us, what is it about that that makes sure that we will never be disappointed when we do it and that we will never be let down? Now, you've all heard of the term win-win, right? Everybody heard of that? 
So if you haven't, if you've been living under a rock or if you're a junior higher, uh, a win-win situation or a win-win game is this. It's a, it's a scenario in which everybody comes out ahead. Everybody gets what they want. Nobody's unhappy. Everybody feels good because everybody was able to win in something. A perfect example, and this is probably my favorite example of a win-win, probably because it's the one that I'm trying to like develop and incorporate into my kids' lives more than any other win-win, and it's very seasonal, okay? So some of you may be able to apply this to your lives just in the next couple weeks. But this is, this is a win-win that relates to Christmas gifts. Now, I tell my kids this. Everyone's asking you this time of year, what do you want for Christmas? Everybody wants to know what they can get you as a gift on December 25th. Now, I tell my kids that like, when someone asks you that, you need to be really intentional about what you tell that person. Because if you tell a person what you want for Christmas and they don't give a rip about that thing, you're not as likely to get what you want. Okay, now let me just illustrate that so you understand it. Um, like I tell my kids, if, if you go to your grandma and your grandma's like, tell me what you want for Christmas. And you're like, grandma, I just want um, a plush character from my favorite anime show that you can only watch on Crunchyroll, which some of you guys are like, huh? That's my point. If you tell grandma that you want that, grandma's gonna be like, here's a $15 gift card. Just do whatever you want. But if you know that grandma loves reading, and you know that grandma loves books, and grandma would love to see you reading more books, and you say, grandma, I want for Christmas, there's this series of anime books at Barnes and Noble, and I really like it, and here's the title. Grandma doesn't give a rip what the title of those books are. Grandma is gonna beeline to Barnes and Noble, and you know what else, this is crazy. Grandma's gonna go to Barnes and Noble, and she's gonna pick up that set of anime books, and she's gonna go, $120? Well, I mean, that's reasonable. And she's going to go buy those books. And I know it's terrible to tell my kids that. Your family's going to spend more money on you if you ask for something they're interested in. Okay? It just is fact. I shared this illustration in first service. And Alyssa Clary was out in the lobby, and they were pulling foster tree tags. And uh, Bob was like, he's like, Bob's her husband. He's like, you know what? What you talked about not knowing what stuff is. She's like, that's her. She's like, oh, I love books. And no joke. While we're having this conversation, she holds up a foster tree tag, and she's like, what is this? And it said, Kevin Durant um, Nike hoodie. And she's like, I don't, what is, what is a Kevin Durant? I don't know what that is. (laughs) And that's the point. Like, if you have a grandma or someone in your family who doesn't know sports, don't ask them for sports. You know, ask for something that can be a win-win, where you can get something that you're into, and they can feel great about giving you something that they are passionate about. Going for the win-win is a big deal and it's very important. Take that home, apply it to your lives. So I wanna talk to you though today about a win-win as it relates to when we put our love in action. Because when we love like God has called us to, when we love the way that God has loved us, everybody wins. And I wanna talk about that win-win with you today so that you can really understand how love will never let you down. And I'm going to share a story that Jesus told out of Matthew chapter 25. Now, the story that Jesus is telling, if you you opened up your Bible and went to that section, it's going to have a heading called the final judgment, okay? And so you might see that and be like, ooh, what are we getting into today? Well, fear not, okay? So so here's the thing. Jesus is sharing kind of this illustration, this story of, of when we all stand before God. 
And he says this, he says that, that everybody comes and stands before God and God kind of does this. He separates people who have lived righteous lives or lives that honor him to the right and he's gonna separate people who, who've lived lives that, that haven't honored him um, over to his left and then this is what's gonna happen after he kind of does the, the separation and splits people up. Jesus says that then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. And then he says this. He says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. And I was in prison and you visited me. Now, Jesus is, is telling this story to people, and people's ears perk up a little bit when they hear this, and we're going to hear that the people in the story that Jesus is telling, their ears perk up a little bit at this, because they're like, this doesn't totally click with me, and, and, and here's why. Look at what they say. They say this. They said, then, then these righteous ones will reply. They'll be like, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick? or in prison and visit you. And I, I can understand this, I can totally relate to that because like if I'm standing before God and God's like, you did this for me and you did this for me and I was like, okay God, I mean, I'm pretty sure that like if you were ever like naked in front of me, I would remember that, okay? I would not forget that one, okay? I'm pretty confident. But look at what, look at what God says, look at what the king says to the righteous ones who he's called before him. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Now this totally flipped the expectations of people because in the Jewish culture, it was all about, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. It was the Jewish Shema, it was this thing they repeated over and over again. Their religious faith was all about, it was just a one direction thing. It was love God, love God, love God, love God. And they loved God by learning their scriptures. They learned God by memorizing these things. They loved God by following every religious requirement to the letter, just detail, 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 religious expectations, and checking things off that checklist. And they could know this, that if they had gone through a day and checked everything off the list, that they had loved God correctly and that they were good in standing before him. But then Jesus tells this story about the king, the, the, the righteous judge calling people before him. And, and it's funny, the king didn't say this. He didn't call the righteous ones before him. And he says, come, you know, to me, you know, you have earned your reward because you memorized Genesis chapter one through five. Be blessed. You know, that didn't happen. He doesn't say, come before me because you prayed for, for an hour every day and I kept track of it and your total was a thousand hours over the course of this amount of time. And that, that hit the benchmark, okay? That, was, that guy was 999. I'm sorry for that, dude. Go left. But like, you hit a thousand, you're there. That's not what Jesus says to the people who are standing before God. In fact, God says this. He says, he says when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you ministered to me. When I was in prison, you, you visited me. You cared for me when I was this. But then God, he makes this connection and he says, you didn't do it to me, but you did it to people who I created and I love and I made in my image. And when you did it for them, you did it for me. So this story, is, this story is put out there, Jesus drops that, and people are like, oh my gosh, this is so like out of our wheelhouse and thinking about a love relationship with God. But within this story, 
we see three winners. We don't see a win-win situation. I think we see a win-win-win situation. And in this story, we can really see how love will never let us down because we see three categories, three people or people groups who win when we put our love in action in the way that Jesus described feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, caring for the sick and lonely, visiting the prisoner, when we care for people who are hurting and broken and at the edges, what Jesus called the least of these. And here's the three winners that we can see in this story. The first winner in this win-win-win situation are the people in need. Now this is a no-brainer, right? Like when I feed someone who's hungry, they win. They couldn't eat before, but now they can. They win. When I get clothes for someone who's just been wearing the same thing over and over again because they can't afford an, a coat or anything else to wear, there's foster kids who have tags on these trees and they're just asking for pants, right? And like, I mean, I'm sure like some of these teenagers, they genuinely want pants with holes in them, but that's okay because that's the thing right now. Like I want them to have pants with intentional holes, not pants with holes because they've been wearing them so long. But, but listen, when, when we do that, they win. When you take a child out to McDonald's who's in foster care and doesn't have a community and is living with a family who they're just barely getting to know because they were just taken out of their home, they win. You take a child into your home, they win. And so the people who we serve, the people in need, when we put our love in action, they win. Now, a lot of people just kind of stop right there because it's obvious. I'm doing the foster tree because I want to help that kid and that kid wins and we could stop right there. But the win-win goes way beyond that because it doesn't just stop at people in need. There's a second person who wins in this scenario and that person is God. Now, God just doesn't win because he was naked and they needed a sweatshirt. Okay, that's not the deal. God wins because the most important thing to him is accomplished, or at least it's growing closer to being accomplished. Because what matters to God more than anything else is that he has a loving relationship with you and that you have a loving relationship with other people. When we put our love in action, in the service to God and his kingdom, and we love people who he cherishes and he values and he thinks are important, it has the effect of making our relationship with him stronger. It, it's, it's, a lot, it's really what we talked about last week. Love in action makes us stronger. It draws us closer to God. If you're struggling in your relationship with Jesus, you feel like you just don't know him well enough, you don't understand the Bible and all this church stuff well enough, can I tell you the step you need to take? Love in action. It will make you strong. It strengthens your relationship with him. Now, this is tricky. Like, I think this one is tricky in church environments especially because I think there's this like false dichotomy that exists in, in Christian communities when it comes to this stuff. Because we tend to think that when it comes to being people of faith, that we are people who love God. And, and when we think about loving God, we think about in the very religious sense. It's like, I love God because I get up early and I spend time in my daily devotions. I spend hours in that stuff and I study the word and I learn it and I do my best to memorize it and get those things. And I really want an encounter with God. I want God to transform me and I want to feel his presence. And often in, in church community, there are those who can think that is the pinnacle of what love is supposed to look like. And then on the other side of things, in the church community, there are those and who would probably use the term social justice or a social justice gospel. And for them, the, the pinnacle of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that we are taking care of people who are poor, who are homeless, and who are hurting. And it's like, 
all that other stuff, it's like I don't even mess with that because I just want to be a person of love. And as long as I can do that, then I'm totally good. And we create this false dichotomy where people over here are going, well, you're not doing the things to honor and love God and you're not growing in your faith. And the people over here are going, well, look at you sitting on your ivory tower, not making a difference over here. So I'm going to stay down here in the mud. And God is saying this, there is no dichotomy. These two things are both necessities if we are going to be strong and if we are going to be mature in our faith, love in action. And let me, let me, kind, of, let me kind of illustrate this uh, with the way that I think will, will help us to understand why this matters so much to God and why it is a thing that makes him win, okay? So, do you know, the thing, let me share with you the thing that probably makes me the happiest as a parent. Like, the thing that makes me feel most successful as a dad is when my three kids are hanging out and they're laughing and they're joking and they're enjoying each other's company, when my three kids are obviously loving each other and and love their relationship with each other, oh my gosh, I love it. The best is when I'm not even around. Like, like if I accidentally caught my kids joking and laughing with each other, I, I think I'd just get some binoculars and climb a tree and I'd just be like, oh, this is the best. This is the best. Like I would drop them at the mall and I would just stalk them. Like I'd be hiding behind mannequins just so I could see it. I love it. It warms my heart when I see them, when I see them loving each other and caring for each other like that. In fact, like it is way more important to me that they love each other than that they have that expression of love towards me. Now, I, I want my kids to love me, right? I mean, but like... Okay, so when my kids go away to school, when they go to college, or when they grow up, like how much more do I want to know that they're calling each other on the phone, that they're hanging out, that they want to spend time with each other, than, than that they are like constantly spending time with me and Terry? Because if my love relationship with my kids is awesome and incredible, but they don't really like invest in each other or care much about each other, I'd be devastated. I can totally sit in the background Because when they love each other, oh my gosh, they are loving me. When my kids love each other, they are loving me. That is all I need. And our Heavenly Father is exactly the same. He looks down on his children here on earth. And he's like, you know, I appreciate that you're lifting up your hands. And I appreciate that you're passionately singing and chasing after me. And he's like, and that's meaningful. I love it. But he's like, but do you want to know how you can love me better than anything else? Love them. In fact, Jesus says it. He's like, when you loved that person this way, that you loved me. When you fed someone who was hungry, that was me. You were loving me. When you gave that person clothes, you were loving me. When you, when you cared for someone who was in prison, who made mistakes, and yet the value of their life is not over because I still cherish and I still love them. They're still my kid. When you loved my kid, oh my gosh, you were loving me. And so when we put our love in action, God wins. And he doesn't just win because our relationship with him grows stronger. He wins because our relationship with each other grows stronger. And that's ultimately the thing that matters to him more than anything else. So the people who are in need, who we're serving, they win. God wins when we put our love in action. And there's a third group that wins when we put our love in action. And this one is probably really easy to pick out. But the third group that wins is us. When we love the way God has given us the opportunity to and the way he's called us to, when we put our love in action and serve, we win. I mean, look at what Jesus says. Look at what Jesus said the king says. He says, come, 
Come to me, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creator of the world. When we put our love in action, God is saying, you have an open door to me. You have access to me, my resources. You have access to my care and my protection. You have access to my strength. This is a key reason why when we put our love in action, it makes us stronger. Because all of a sudden, God opens up his big bank vault. He puts in the code, and he spins the thing, and he goes, and there's this big vault of all of God's resources available to us. And he says, well, come on in. He's like, if you're taking care of that person, well, let me give you what you need to take care of that person. That's amazing, and that's God's heart for each of us. When we love, when we put our love in action, we will win. The promise of the kingdom of God, the fulfillment of what God wants to do in our lives, and the reward for, for, the, for our faith is that, is that we are more fully formed when we love promise of God's kingdom, the, the, a more fully formed faith, a stronger relationship with him, uh, an ability to trust and put our hope when circumstances look crazy and we can't see through the clouds that are in front of us. Those things all become so much easier when we put our love in action because God says, come to me. I have got you. I am with you because you're about people I love. You're about the people who I love. And when you're about the people I love, you are about me. What's hard for us, I think, is that when it comes to putting our love in action for other people, it's easy for us to count the cost for ourselves. It's easy to look at the foster tree and go, okay, this is what I have, and this is, this is what I can do, and to pull you know, the tags. And it's, it's easy for us to think about the cost. But I don't know why. Sometimes it's easy for us to forget about the reward. It's it's easy for us to think about the downsides when we give and to measure those out and to make a decision to give, but, but there's a massive upside when we love like Jesus. There's a massive upside when we put our love in action. You will be transformed. You will be changed. In fact, you know, Jesus says this, you know, come to the place that, that my father has planned from the beginning of creation. But like Jesus said this, he said, I, I've come to give them eternal life. And he says, I've come so that they would experience life and life more abundantly. So, so Jesus says, I want my people to experience this eternal, abundant life. Do you, do you know what eternal and abundant life isn't? It isn't someday in heaven. Like, Jesus is not saying, I have come so that someday, after they have this really sucky life and everything's terrible and it's really hard, that someday they'll cross over into death and we'll be like, finally, I died so that I can experience eternal life with God. That's not God's plan for us. Eternal life, abundant life, is not a quantity of life someday. It's a quality of life right now. And when we love and put our love in action, that quality of life begins to open up for us. And it doesn't mean our circumstances are never bad. It doesn't mean we don't ever face challenges in our lives. But what it means is this, is that God's vault opens up to us and he's behind us and he's with us and he's got us. We become strong. We become spiritually mature. Because when we put our love in action, it's a win, win, win. The people in need win because we provide for them and we care for them and we help them when they need it most. God wins 
because his kids are loving each other and caring for each other, which makes them closer to him. God wins. It's what he wants. And we win because there's a huge upside of God's blessing being poured out in our lives when we do it. It's like, you know, you've heard the saying that a rising tide raises all ships, right? And that's what this is. It's like the high tide sweeps in, and when the the tide rises, like you've got a billionaire's yacht that rises, and you have like a super crappy junkie, like this is what I would own, rowboat that's fallen apart and held together with like, you know, flex tape or whatever. (laughs) But it rises too. Because God doesn't discriminate when it comes to pouring out his love and blessing into people's lives. And when we love in action, everybody wins. But the converse of that is also true. Is that when followers of Jesus do not apply this to their lives, and we do not serve and love others with our actions, and the tide goes down, and every ship drops, people in need are not provided for, and they continue to walk in hurt and brokenness, God suffers because the very thing that he wants for this world, the thing he sent his son to die for, to redeem us to relationship with him, it's hampered and it's slowed down because his plan for it to happen isn't happening. And we suffer. And we can lift our hands in church and we can say, oh, I prayed this and I felt God tickle my heart and it just felt so good. And we leave getting all the tingles. But you suffer because there's so much more that God has for you to experience God wants you to be empowered. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to face the challenges of this world with your head held high, knowing that nothing can tear you down. Nothing can keep you back because you are loving with the love of Jesus. And he wants us to experience that. He wants everybody to win. And when we love like Jesus, everybody wins. Love won't let you down. The best part of this, as I kind of wrap up, is that This type of love that won't let anyone down, it can start today. It can just start with you. It doesn't require like some big movement that's organized and like, you know, sign up and these with these other, you know, million people. It's not like Hands Across America where it doesn't work if like literally everyone in America doesn't hold hands, right? Because Hands Across America with one person is pretty sad. Hey guys, it doesn't work. But this can start just with you. You can begin to look around your life and you can begin to say, how can I love someone in my circle? How can I begin to put love in action to make a difference in somebody's life? And here's the best part is that when you do that and when the the people of Compass Church come beside you, putting their love in action together and we, we hold hands and we are loving our community in action together, then the power and the love of God begin to be released and blooming to normal is transformed. And not only is Bloomington Normal transformed, the families and the homes and the schools and workplaces of Bloomington Normal and the surrounding areas are transformed, but you are transformed. Your family is transformed. Man, are you struggling? Are you you struggling to feel like you're strong in your faith? Are you struggling to overcome the challenges of life that are coming your way? Are you struggling to feel like your family is gonna make it through this? Well, guess what? If you love like Jesus and put your love in action, God will make you strong. And the people of this church will come along beside you and together, together, the people in need will win. God will win and you will win. Because when we love like Jesus, everybody wins because that type of love will never let us down. So just my very last thing, 
Okay, so the broad general thing, we've been talking about some practical stuff. I wanna make this practical for you because here at Compass, we are ready to equip you to do this, okay? I don't wanna just send you out of here going, love in action, and you're like, yeah, and you get in your car and you're like, I mean, I guess I'm gonna go watch the football game. I don't know what to do with this, you know? So we wanna equip you. So we have three things coming up that we can help you with to equip you to begin putting your love in action and begin opening up these possibilities for you. And the first one is this, on January 4th, we're doing a foster care bed build. Uh, we've been asked um, by the Forgotten Initiative, who helps with the foster care community, uh, to help provide 25 beds for the beginning of the year. They know that there's gonna be a, probably that number of kids who are coming into the system for the first time, or they may be at home and their parents or their families are really trying to keep them, but they just aren't resourced. And one of the things that, that kids need in order to not be taken out of the house is just a place to sleep. We have the opportunity to put our love in action by just building beds. Okay, so if you don't wanna, you don't gotta talk to a soul, you never have to talk to a child. Maybe like chill, you're like, you got hand sanitizer like on the back of your belt and you're like, you see a child, you're like, you know. Grab a drill. If you can put puzzles together, you can put these beds together. And we're just gonna fill our lobby with a bunch of plywood and screws and we're gonna build beds. You can do that. You can put love in action by building beds on January 4th with us. Another thing that you can do is next Sunday, um, after a very compass Christmas, we're gonna have a, a nursing home Christmas party at the Aperion Nursing Home. Uh, it's the nursing home that we visit every month and that we have a, a group of people that you can be a part of. It's open and, and they go every month to just serve and love these people. We're gonna throw a Christmas party for them. Listen, you talk about loving the sick. This is them. I would even say this. I would say to a degree, talk about I was a prisoner and you visited me. Some of these people are prisoners in their own bodies. Some of them are prisoners to their own economic situations. Some of them are prisoners to their lack of family or anyone else to care for them in their lives. And you have the opportunity to go sing Silent Night with some lady who just, just needs to be loved. And you can eat a cookie with her. I don't know, share your cookie eating techniques. It does, whatever it is, you have the opportunity to put your love in action and be part of this Christmas party. So man, if you wanna do that, you can sign up for that one. You can text nursing to the number on the screen. And uh, if you do that, Danielle, our coordinator for this, she's gonna contact you and she's gonna help you get connected with this. Next Sunday's a Very Compass Christmas. Afterwards, we're gonna do our best to sort all the foster tree gifts and load them into a moving truck so we can deliver them. There will be enough that we have to buy a big moving truck. Just know that, be ready. And then after that in the afternoon, I think it's like 3.30, um, something like that. I'm just gonna go to nursing home and hang out. So you can do that. And then the final thing, very last thing, this one's so easy. Um, on, on this Friday at 6.30, you can come here to Compass and you can help wrap foster tree gifts. We have, we're gonna have gifts that come in that have not been wrapped. Um, some people had to have them delivered to us and there's just inevitably some gifts that have to be put together. You can love the foster care community by helping to wrap these gifts. You've bought some yourself. Shoot, maybe you bought some and you haven't wrapped it yourself yet. Bring it to this you know, share the load. Maybe someone else will wrap your gifts while you're wrapping like the tiny easy ones. You know what I'm talking about? So come on Friday, be part of, of wrapping gifts for the foster tree. You can do this. You can put your love in action. It doesn't have to be like a massive tidal wave step that you have to take. It can just be a little tiny raindrop, but it counts and it matters. And when you love like that, 
they will win, God will win, and you will win because when we love like that, love will never let us down. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your love and thank you for the invitation that you give us to love like you. And I pray, Jesus, that as we are sitting here, God, that you would move on our hearts. God, I know that loving like this is a decision and it's, it's a thought process, but God, I also know this, that love is something that you move on our hearts to do. And I pray that you would move on the heart of every single person in this room Lord, there are ways that we can each make a difference. And in doing so, we can, we can love your children, our brothers and sisters, and they can win. And God, you can win, and so can we. So I ask God that you would pour out your love in our lives. Help us to love like Jesus, the way that you have loved us when you gave your life for us before we even knew you or cared about you. And I pray that you would help us to love those who don't even know us and don't even care about us but we do it because we're the people of God, because we're the church of God. And I pray, Jesus, unashamedly, God, I pray that the upside of this would be poured out into each and every one of our lives. God, we do this for others, but I pray, Jesus, that the blessing that comes when we put our love in action, God, I pray that that blessing would be tangible, that it would be real, and that it would be transformative, God, in each and every single one of our lives. God, that we would see the transformation, not just in our world, but in our homes, because you have opened up your vault of blessing to us. Lord, I thank you and I pray it on your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.